Because if you're lukewarm, we'll still stand wondering, when is this thing going to be a reality? It's not like any performance training. I signed up my son for some uh, performance training for his basketball and stuff. So I recognize that the right training, right cadence, right coaches are required to get optimal performance. You just can't be playing in the backyard and expect to make it a college level or any serious NBA or whatever. You got to be extremely focused. You got to be disciplined. You got to train right. You got to eat right. There's a lot of preparation involved. Very similar to what Apostle Paul said in Corinthians. He said, I discipline my body and keep it under control. And as we all know, the, 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 the only way to growth, whether it's in the gym or in the spirit realm or mental realm, is we have to push. We have to get out of our comfort zones. We can't be staying in the same zone and expecting different results. So there is the right mentality required in the spiritual pursuit, in your spiritual growth. You got to have the right mentality. Mentality meaning, I'm ready and I'm committed for this. It's so important. The next thing you require is the presence of God. It's one thing to have mentality, but if you're not in the right environment, you're not going to grow either. No matter how hard you try, you're not going to grow. As Michael Jordan used to say, it's one thing to train for seven hours, but if you're training in the wrong techniques, it's a waste of time. You see what I'm saying? So the reason I say that is, I used to put a lot of effort in my former churches and stuff like that, meaning it was not under any apostolic alignment. It was a local church with one pastor doing his stuff. When I say, so when I tried to press on for spiritual growth, I had the mentality, but I didn't have the environment to grow. So no matter how much hours of practice I put in, it is wrong techniques. You'll be pressing for healing and healing or... Uh, job, nothing's happening because the environment doesn't have enough power to get you out of that hard place. And then the final aspect, that's so mentality, the environment, which is especially the presence of God, and the third element is the labor part of it. Then you have to be ready to labor. When I say labor, work hard on your spiritual Perfection. And as a spiritual perfection, you're getting more and more in tune with the Spirit of God. It's a fine-tuning, my friends. It's just like when I go to my uh, eye doctor, they'll kind of say, hey, is this clear? Until it gets clearer. You see, you remember that image? It get, he adjusts the thing until the image gets clearer and clearer. So this is about fine-tuning. You are really auditing your life daily. What's not helping me? What's pulling me back in the spirit realm? What's not... You know, you got to take that audit and cut off what needs to be trimmed off and cut off. Is my words, you, you know, hindering me? Am I speaking too much? Am I speaking less? I don't know. You got to audit. What is not allowing me to soar in the spirit? That's an audit. Thank you, Jesus. So the enemy is guarding certain gates and the Lord Jesus wants us to go into that next phase of abundant life, which is Zoe, which is nothing but the highest quality of existence. He wants us to possess the gates and then transition over to the highest form of existence. 
or highest quality, I mean, of existence. Hmm. And um, as I mentioned, words, the, the words of our mouth are a big hindrance many a times to our advancement. Many people speak negative words. Sometimes people even offend the angels that are assigned to us by speaking negative unbelief and words contrary to your manifestation. So there's a lot of this, uh, there's a lot of audit, honestly, meaning mouth especially. That's why Apostle James said, if a person thinks he's religious and cannot brittle their tongue, their religion is in vain. Because your mouth is a wellspring of life. Out of your mouth comes death or life. You can stop an angel that is assigned to you. You can release an angel that is assigned to you. It's all depending on your mouth. Because out of your heart's fullness, the mouth speaks. And so guard your mouth. Because I'm going to get to some of the details on this. On these gates. So the call to advancement is, is, really, an, is really an ascension process. You're climbing. You, you pass, you climb, you pass, you climb, and different gates at different levels. One day, because the Lord showed me a vision of so many treasure chests, and he said, as you're advancing, I'm going to give you keys to open these. And so I recognize it's not a straightforward approach where I come to church and I suddenly get all this revelation. It's not. A lot of things that is happening in the background in your personal life is certain test to get you qualified for the next level. You passing the test will determine whether you get the keys. Look at this. It says, James 1.12, Blessed is the one who endures testing, because when he has passed the test, proven to be genuine, he, she will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Again, please don't think that this is after death. This is talking about your life right now. There is several levels, several treasures, several blessings waiting, but the qualification is you have to pass the test. Pop quizzes and tests that God sends daily. How do we tackle it? Do we retake the exam every day because we keep failing with our mouth or with our unbelief, with our reaction? So it's clear that in the King James Version, it says, Blessed is the one yeah, it says, who endures testing. Endure, enduring the testing involves passing it, not just you know, bearing it alone. It's more than that. And it says, for when he is tried, he will receive. Everybody say receive. My God, you, you can't receive until you pass. Think about it for a second. You can't receive until you pass. We've been waiting to receive, but we are not ready to pass the test. And in some versions it says, once you pass the test, he or she will receive the endowments of life. Again, going back to that abundant life, all that we need, the blessings that we are, we are waiting for, the manifestations are waiting on some of us passing 
the test. Uh, again, another reason for testing, God sends you through testing is also there's a level of emotional or mental fortitude required to keep climbing. Every time you go through a test, you're being stretched. You're being stretched so that you can qualify for the next level. It's not like I'm from the first level and that's it. No. This is levels and levels of attainment or whatever you want to call it. It's unlimited what you can accomplish in God if you, are, if you have a committed, determined attitude to possess all that belongs to you. There's no limit. There's no limit in God. But we often, because of our flesh and our fallen nature, we, we put cap. We say, if we reach just this, I'm just going to roll and sit on my couch, and that's all I need. But if you look at Joshua and Caleb and some of the warriors in the, uh, in the ministry, they were never satisfied with one or two conquests. The average person, done. I don't want to fight any more enemies. I don't want to do any more resistance. I'm good. That's not what God wants. He wants you to reach the maximum you can in your lifetime. Maximum God. Do not put a cap. Your life is going to get bored or boring if you stop conquest. It has to be conquering week after week, month after month, year after year. If you're still in the status quo, it means you stopped fighting. You don't have the, the emotional or mental capacity anymore. Because you failed the previous test. Every time you pass the test, you are, your fortitude, your capacity increases. And you're ready for the next conquest. Because God, aside, God, you know, God is so previous. It's one thing to wish something, my friends. But it's another thing in the, behind the curtains on how you're formed. And it's only God and you know where you are with that. So when the emotional demand exceeds our spiritual capacity, breakdown occurs. What I'm saying is, if you're not ready for the next level, God usually don't let you go to the next level. Because if you go to the next level, before you're ready, you'll collapse. You'll make a shipwreck out of it. You'll make a shipwreck. That's why a lot of ministers who try to push themselves into the after these things that God tested Abraham. So God will test you. You know, we see it very clearly here that God tested Abraham. And you know how he had the ultimate test to bring his son and bring him as a sacrifice. But guess what Abraham did? Did he fail the test? I'm sure he went through the mental reasoning of God. <laughs> no way. Waited 99 years, and now you give me a son. Now you want me to take... You know, I'm, I'm good, God. Being us responsible for what we've learned as well. And he will test us in the area of our knowledge, in the area of that we know what is right, what's wrong. And he also tests a man or a woman to just show them where they are at currently. Many times we, we esteem ourselves so highly... 
and then God will send a test to show that you ain't reached there yet. And we ourselves will recognize, oh, that's true. I just failed this. I just cussed at that person who just cut me on the road. Or do this. Or that. I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling. He will test a man or a woman just to reveal to them what is still lingering in them. Thank you, Jesus. So today I want to uh, talk about one gate here. And because I think it's a very important gate that you have to possess so that you can advance. There are several gates, but the gate of knowledge or the gate of revelation is so key for advancing in spiritual realms. And not only advancing in spiritual realms, your advancement in the spirit would determine your outward manifestations. So if you want to change in your condition or change in any of your circumstances, it is not just you trying to work on in the physical realm. That's not going to fix it. Many people try to fix physical problems physically. That's only going to put a temporary band-aid. Long-term fix can only be done in the spirit realm. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other physical things will be added unto you. Get your priorities right. Get yourself congruent and trained in the spirit realm. You have to learn how to do that. And so one of the gates the enemy guards so that you don't advance in the spirit is gate of knowledge. The gate of knowledge. He does not want any saint to advance in information. As long as he can keep you in dark ages, the old stuff that you learn from your Baptist church and this church and that church, he's okay with that. This is why we had to get we had to be open, especially when we when it comes to the when it comes to learning more things about God. We can't put any more filters. We had to be like God, you pour it out, and you reveal to me what is right and wrong. So the gate of knowledge is two things. Number one, it has revealed knowledge and rejected knowledge. I'm going to get into details of what it is. Revealed knowledge is in two ways. Number one is through scriptures. So that's why we uh, encourage people to what? Read scriptures. Renew your mind by the reading of the Word of God. It's so important to have a daily habit of reading scriptures because you will not understand the will of God until you read the scriptures. You know, I had a friend, I was talking to the men's group yesterday and we were talking about uh, a co-worker of mine, his son did some sledding. I think he was seven years old during the winter time and the kid went straight hit a tree, got half paralyzed. And uh, so he came up to the office, and he was like, man, I don't know what's going on. I said, God is able to heal that child. God is, we can pray about it. And he said, no, I think it's God's will for him to remain paralyzed. That's what he told me. And we are okay with suffering like that. I said, <laughs> I'm not going to name him because if he's listening. But I said, brother, let's, let's just go to a conference room, I said. I took him to a conference room. I said, God can transform that child's health. Just, just, just agree with me, I said. He quietly, it wasn't like it was full, full agreement, but I wanted that child, a seven-year-old, to be uh, healed. I prayed. Within three months, the kid was completely healed. No paralysis, nothing, none of that issue. Hallelujah. 
So what I'm trying to say is, he either didn't know the will of God about healing, or he let the denominational filters that trained him that we can suffer through all this, and we can just, you know. No, that's not true. There is so much available to the people of God, to the human race. The devil wants to craftily through wrong teachings and other religions wants to keep the people under. He will talk to you about enlightenment, but he will not talk to you about the cross. Can you believe the amount of religions that wants to do the ultimate goal of being enlightened as a son of God? Buddhism is teaching that. Hinduism is teaching that. Devil is okay with Hinduism and all that. But guess what? They have no idea about the cross. He's kept that hidden from Hindus and Muslims and everybody. Jesus said, clearly, I am the, I'm the only way, the truth and the life. The only way to getting to the fullness of God is through the cross, through the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice of Jesus. So Satan has played all these crafty games saying, I'll get you to the end goal. Let's forget about the cross. That is a lie. There's no other way other than, other than through the sacrifice of Christ. Because that's a power that will bring you to the final destination. When I said power, remember I told you it's like this radio waves is always in the cosmic realm. The blood is always speaking. Even actually, the Bible says the blood of Abel is still speaking. How much more the blood of Jesus Christ? That's why I said, you know, don't live the mundane life, my friends, meaning every day waking up and going to work, going to bed. There is more happening in the spirit realm than our mundane. And there is no other refuge to live in this treacherous world other than through the blood of Jesus Christ and the spirit of God. There's no other way. Even if you don't understand anything, sometimes just say the blood of Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to know all theology at this time, but just say because there's power emanating. Power is radiating in the blood. Because that sacrifice, the enemy hates it. He says you can pray in schools, you can pray in military, just don't use the name Jesus. Yeah, right. What's the problem with that? There's no, you can pray all you want, but if there's no power, what is it? It's just a bunch of words. I am more interested in the power to transform, power to get me out of this hard place, get me out of this rut. I want power. I don't want, I'm not interested in hearing religious literature and theology. Not interested. You can learn all you want. I've seen people taking PhDs after PhDs in seminaries, but no power. So there's revealed knowledge through the scriptures, and then there's revealed knowledge through the direct spoken word of God. When I say spoken word, you've seen how sometimes it displays in this church. Men and women of God come up here and say, oh, thus saith the Lord. Revealing the will of God for the season. Revealing the strategies of God for the season. As I mentioned before, David did not read in the scriptures how to fight Goliath. He did not read in the scriptures. Then how did he know what to do with Goliath? Revelation. He heard from God what to do. He, God said, son, go to the stream, 
pick up five stones, not one or two, pick up five stones, and you're going to use your sling, you're going to take off Saul's armor, and you're going to cut that devil's head off. It's called a rhema, revealed knowledge. Most people are, can't hear from God. They're so carnal, their flesh is so, they're so engrossed in the flesh and the, and the comforts of the flesh, the spirit is shut off. You want to grow in the spirit? Learn to crucify your flesh. Fast and seek the face of God. Your spirit will start to awaken. But if you're all about your flesh, you ain't never becoming spiritual. So the carnal man has to die for the spirit man to rise. It's not like God is unfair to, you know, she has prophecy, she does it. That's not the case. It's about what are, how is our flesh rising? Is our flesh having the upper hand? Then the spirit man cannot rise. Spirit will be asleep. Look at 1 Samuel 3.1. It says, now in, the, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and visions were scarce. Samuel was a young boy. The Bible says Eli the priest was so spiritually dead, his eyes were dim. There was no open visions. There was no word, nothing. Very similar to the condition of churches today. Just because you hear a sermon doesn't mean that's the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord would hit you hard. It'll cut you in, deep into the heart. It'll transform you. It'll change you. It'll heal you as you're listening. It'll, the demons will start leaving people as they listen to the powerful word of God. But look, look at what Samuel's case was. In those days, the word of the Lord were, was very rare. People were so carnal, so much into idolatry, and they went away from the Lord. And Samuel, the prophet, the boy, was being raised by God to restore Israel. The word of the Lord. They, were, they had a famine for the word. A quality word. Oh, how I long for a quality word, my friends. We need to take the scripture, open it up, divide it. No matter how much philosophy I come and tell you guys, until I bring you a scripture and break it out, you are not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I want to go into the word. Divide it. It's like a bread, actually. Divide it and distribute it. Nourishing my spirit. Hallelujah. So this is when the lack of revelation and revelatory knowledge is happening, people are perishing. The Hosea says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. There is no... So this is a gate the enemy will try to stop from. So he knows we can bring all other knowledge in the church. Don't bring real prophetic intelligence and knowledge here. That's why the, the Satan has craftily played in 90% of churches across America. There is no giftings. People there... We, can, we can't do what we are doing in, our, in another church. There's no prophecy in every service. There's no healing. There's no praying for people. None of that. <laughs> There's no apostolic strategy. They think we are crazy. <laughs> you know, what, a lot of people think that what we are doing is really crazy. But we've come, we've come beyond all that. You know, I ain't worried about criticism. And, you know, I've tried and tested other than it was a mere failure. Couldn't advance me. Couldn't bring me the joy that I have today. 
Because I am I'm all about tapping into the Spirit, the Spirit of God. In Him there is joy unspeakable. There is pleasures forevermore. I want to gain higher and higher consciousness of who I am in Christ. And that dictates my actions outside. The more I know who I am, the more I will act it out in the right fashion. The less I know who I am, the more confused I will act out. So it's my pursuit to, go, to know him more. That's what Apostle Paul said. I want to know him more. It means actually, well, as in the pursuit of knowing him more, you're knowing yourself more as to who you are. He said, I'm not ready for entertainment. I want to hear about the cross, the power that's emanating through this. He said, you got programs, you got this and that, but I came to you with nothing else other than the power of Christ crucified, he said. Because that sacrifice carries a lot of power to transform people. Jesus told the people when he was used to go to cities, he'll say, the kingdom of God is near. He didn't fully detail it out. What he's saying was, my friends, the power to get you transformed is so near. And when was it actually at the cross? He was talking about an event that's going to happen that's going to release this eternal power. Always, there's no shortage of this power. Just like we have electricity running without any issues, the power of God is now permanently released for all those who want to receive it. And so he said, the kingdom of God is near. But now, after the cross, the kingdom of God is here. It's no more even near, it's now here. It's always here. It's a now thing. No, not for future, it's now. Hallelujah. So the revealed knowledge can through, come through scriptures, and number two, come through your spirit in tune with God's spirit. I've got any, any if, there's, if there's any significant accomplishments in my life, it's been all through the Rhema word. Yes, scriptures have given me a good foundation, but then it was through that Rhema word that he'll speak directly to me. It's not written in the scriptures. He'll tell me unique, and I take a bold step. That's where I've succeeded most of my life. It's so desperate for, for us. It's so important for us to develop that ear. Because as I said, Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Before I get to this verse, and listen to this. This is, this is about that Rhema word. He says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn, so when you are ready to make this business decision, God will tell you if that's the way or this is the way. Don't do guesswork. Don't do work on feelings either. I've seen many of my friends and brothers saying, I felt like doing this. No, 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 no. Don't judge your, don't do anything by your feeling. That is a deception, I'm telling you. Many of us can tell you we went doing something by feeling and we fell head flat, uh, face flat. Don't go by feelings. Our feelings are fallen. It's deceptive. You can only make decisions based on what you hear from the Lord, whether it's here directly or hear from the mouth of a true prophet. 
Do not just simply do stuff by feelings. We just cannot. I've done so many blunders thinking, oh, I feel like this. Never. Get a counsel of the Lord. This is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. The next one is rejected knowledge. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He also says in the next one, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you as my priest. Rejected knowledge is the place where you know what is right. God has spoken to you over time. But then you choose to reject that instruction. And that's another satanic manipulation. Satan will try to deceive you into saying, don't take that path. Yes, God has spoken, but look at the physical realm, look at the natural. This is too much of an undertaking. Or it might be in a place of obedience, something that you've been rejecting God for a while. God told you to do something, but you've been rejecting it. You cannot pass through the gate to the next level if you keep rejecting what he has already given instructions on. Just cannot move further. Yes, your promotion is waiting on the other side. Your healing is waiting on the other side. You're crying every Sunday in church. You can can get past because you're rejecting certain instructions that is given you years ago. Hard truth. And he says, since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. You know, a lot of these implications that we do as adults has effect on our children, too. It's horrible. Sometimes, you know, you think it's going to end with us. No, it's not. Generations are impacted because of our disobediences, of our, of our errors. It's us to know what the truth is, receive the knowledge, and get aligned with God. You can only run so much away from God. You can only fool yourself so much. This lifestyle the world is promising is sinking sand. It's just a, it's just a fantasy. It's an illusion. Only security is in God, in a righteous living, in holy living, in understanding what the will of God is, and doing His will. There's nothing else. Everything else is just illusion. Many of us have tried it, and we know it's a a real wall that we're going to hit. So don't waste your time checking out just because the world is showing this fancy glitter and glamour out there. Don't worry about it. So the labor, again, the labor involved in crossing through the gates would would, would have items such as shutting your TV off, reading more scriptures, shutting your phone off, even getting rid of some excess sleep. You know, lately I've been waking up. I, it's not that I want to. The Lord will wake me up at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and he'll just say, just come into my presence. So I recognize the Lord is waking me up. And why, so you might ask, why does he require me to wake up at 2 a.m.? Why can't I just do it at 2 p.m. in the afternoon? Please listen to my message on trading floors if you ever go to uh, the CityGate podcast site. In the spirit realm, if you want to make any impact, it requires a sacrifice. Just regular prayer is not going to bring you anything. Prayer with some sacrifice would bring accelerated manifestation. 
That's why prayer and fasting is what? Very effective because fasting requires some sacrifice of your flesh. Similarly, waking up at 2 a.m. is effective prayer compared to 2 p.m. prayer. I'll tell you why. It requires sacrificing some sleep. The heaven is, all, heaven is looking into all this. Even though we don't put much weight into this, anytime we make a sacrifice, it carries eternal or heavenly implications. Your prayer's speed, the manifestation of your answers depends on how much of a sacrifice is tied to your prayer. When I first came to City Gate Church, I don't know, maybe five years ago, uh, I was sitting at where that lady is sitting there, and Apostle Clay, you know, he um, called me out. He didn't know me. I didn't know him, really. He said, young man, and he said, you made a sacrifice to be here today, he said. And here's what the Lord is going to do for you because of that. I was like, what sacrifice? I'm thinking, okay. And then guess what? Yes, I made a sacrifice. I took half day off from work. Half day, my, because my hourly pay is worth such and such dollars. So half day off means four hours times that many dollars. And God, the heaven, is evaluating all this. My half day, I, for me, I didn't care. But the Lord said, whether you care or not, you sacrifice this many dollars to be here. Half day off from work to be in the conference. And so I was like, wow. The spirit realm is looking at how we approach God. That's why David said, I will not bring to the Lord anything that doesn't cost me something. If it doesn't cost you anything, don't wait for a speedy manifestation. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples, you, can, you couldn't get these demons out because there's nothing involved. You were just declaring, but there's no sacrificial nothing involved in this. He said, these kind will go out only through prayer and fasting. Fasting is another form of sacrifice the spirit realm recognizes. The spirit realm can see everybody's condition. Everyone sitting here, angels can see what our conditions are. How is our lifestyle? How is our walk with God? So my people are destroyed for lack of this kind of deeper knowledge. We are just waiting for signs, wonders, and answers to come. But it ain't easy like that. There's a process involved before we get to that place. And I'll close with this today. So you understood what revealed and rejected knowledge is. And here in Matthew 21, verse 31, he says, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. What Jesus was saying was, we have to undo, he was telling this to the Pharisees, the religious scribes and the Pharisees, and he was telling them, you have so much baggage already built in, in your mental realm, that is blocking you from tapping into the spirit. These people who have no idea about religion, they are coming into kingdom consciousness rapidly. They have no baggage. They have no Baptist theology. They have no Methodist the baggage. None of that. They're coming fast. They, you, they, the first encounter they had was slain to the spirit. Boom. You see what I'm saying? They didn't hear about gifts being seized and that is wrong and none of that. The tax collectors and prostitutes are tapping into the higher kingdom consciousness than the religious folk. 
That's because when you are drinking the pure milk of the Word of God and tapping into the pure spirit only, you're going to grow rapidly. But if you are being entangled with all the other stuff, oh, he said that, he said, she did that, and he thought, don't, listen, any blockages in your mental faculty is going to stop you from going higher. You've got to keep the bliss of the Spirit inside you. That's what I told you this morning. And as Jesus said, those who draw near to me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Spirit to spirit in the true knowledge of who God is. Matt, would you help me? As we're going to close out, and another verse that came today morning also was, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I want to take it to a next higher level on that revelation on that. A child is not hypersensitive or he doesn't have any awareness of what's right or wrong by and large. A child is innocent. They go through life with such great joy and that stage, you know, actually uh, Solomon says that, chi- that stage is kind of a vanity. They just go through life with so much joy. What I'm trying to say is, when Jesus said, unless you become like a child, he's talking about our consciousness. We got to get rid of all that sin consciousness and you are this, you are that, all this negativity out of our inner man. Like a child, our consciousness to need to become pure in terms of who we are. Pure bliss. Come on, stand up for a second. You know, the Lord in the book of Revelation says, I see water like crystal. He's talking about the inner, inner consciousness. The inner man of you has to be so washed by God. You see clearly in the spirit who you are. Not the baggage surrounding you, not all the troubles and trials. You got to recalibrate with God in the spirit. Spirit to spirit. So important, my friends. Because only when you rise up to, to the spirit man, to the spirit woman you are, you can, you can operate without condemnation. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just soak in the Spirit of God this morning. Father, we ask that you would saturate us with your presence this morning. You can only wash the innermost parts. David said, create in me a clean heart, O God. When he said that, he's talking about God's Spirit washing us so that we know who we truly are. Yes, Satan has put piles and piles and heaps of junk in our mind, but let God's Spirit wash it all away. He's piled up all these thoughts and fear and ignorance. But let this morning, let the Spirit of God just wash it away. Let's come, just lift your hand to heaven. Father, do your... Do your thing, O oh God. Have your way. You want every one of us transformed into the kingdom image. Hallelujah. Tax collectors and prostitutes entering into the kingdom of God. Not because they're perfect. It's because they are not bogged down by the religious junk. They are receiving the pure gospel. Receiving the pure spirit. And being transformed to who they are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord. Dwayne, come on. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone else has any prophetic word, also just come on, come on forward. I'm going to tell Dwayne to pray, but felt some of you might have something to share, but if you do, please do. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we take the shift now, O oh God, according to your word, Father, as you have laid out for the saints, and we seek, we seek you, O oh King. We seek to know you. We seek the kingdom. Father, we be not like the Gentiles who, who come to look for things, who come to pray for stuff, O oh God, although there is need, O oh God, but you know the need. But we seek you, O King. We seek the kingdom of God, the government of God. The government of you, O God, that is to be in, exalted in the earth. The government of you, O God, that you call for us to implement in the earth, O God. We seek you, O King. We set our face towards you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. That every arena, the education arena, the medical arena, the financial arena, the entertainment arena, every arena of the earth, oh God, will become subject to the kingdom of you, oh God. We seek you, oh God, in the name of Jesus. We turn our face towards you, oh God. Disturb us, oh Lord, that we not be comfortable, oh God, that we can be like children in the faith, but walk like sons in the earth, oh God. We seek you, Father. We seek you, Father. We seek you, Father. We seek you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We seek you, Father. Thank you, Lord. One of the things I'd have to share with you, saints, God told Moses, that when you see the cloud move, move with him. Saints, we in America are stubborn. We, we're stubborn. And a lot of times we don't like to move, especially once we've already made a move. And we feel like, well, well, I just got here, so I, I think I need to rest a while, or I need to become acclimated to this place a minute. When he moves, we are to move, saints. God is shifting. God is shifting, and it is necessary to shift, for that is the only way that we are going to be able to implement the power of God in the earth, 
that he is calling forth in this time. And in the shifting, a lot of things that were successful of the old, even old victories, even old defeats, we're going to have to leave behind and say, Lord, what is this place? What is required of this place? A whole new learning. Each shifting brings a whole new set of learning, even a whole nother language, a whole nother way of operation. But if you be stubborn, if you, if you be caught up on yesteryear and yesterday's land and yes, last, the last moment, you'll find yourself struggling. You'll find yourself upset. This is why we, we're seeing now where worship leaders are now saying, I'm no longer a believer. You wrote songs. You've done this. You've done that. Now we're seeing them. As it, they're no longer in love with God. Pastors are leaving because they're no longer in love with God. Why? Because you didn't follow him. You followed a trend. You followed showmanship and entertainment. But you didn't follow God. How can everlasting become boring? How can eternal become empty? Come on. How can you run out of God? Ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, he caught that out of this hole. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We set our face to you, oh God. Hallelujah. We set our face to you, oh God. Hey, glory to God. Glory to God. Come on now. Come on. Yes. 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 I'm never going back. I'm never going back. I'm never going it's not even an option. Yeah, it's not I even a thought. It's not even a thought. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Lord. My devotional early this morning. And I read this scripture as Brother Dwayne was praying. The Lord reminded me of it because it, it dovetails with what he said. And it's Psalms 40, chapter 6 says, Sacrifice and meal offering you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. It makes me think about surrender. I was having a conversation with somebody and we were talking about the holy place and being holy and I hear the Lord say it is in the holy place where you die 
He doesn't desire all these things that we do. What he desires is our obedience. What he desires is our surrender. Because it is in that place of surrender. Just like Jesus did, Lord, not my cup, but yours. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, knowing all this that we have heard and seen, we say to you that we surrender everything. That it is your will being done. That's the sacrifice that you're desiring from us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for the grace to transition from that place of stubbornness in that place of self into that place of complete and total surrender lord we sing about looking like jesus and being like jesus but lord for real now we say it we say it lord we surrender even if i'm kicking and screaming put me on that altar lord and lord i surrender I surrender everything, everything, in Jesus' name. As we were singing and Matt was pausing earlier, I was asking the Lord, Jesus, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? And heard him say to all of us, I love you. I love you so much. I gave my life so you could have life eternal. I love you so much. I took 39 stripes upon my back for you so you didn't have to be sick. Jesus said, I love you. I love you. I love you. Every one of us. He said, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. So much. Just receive it. That's what he was saying. That's what he is saying. Thank you, Jesus. Matt, go ahead and close us out. Thank you.
we declare, we've made up our mind. We fix our eyes on you. Fix our eyes on the prize. Fix our eyes on the victory because you've called us to victory, to be sons and daughters, to be warriors that walk in victory. We see the end of the battle. We see the prize. And we see that the victory belongs to the Lord. We see the victory belongs to us. And we make up our mind and we say we're never going back. No measure of doubt, no measure of fear, but only a measure of faith. We move forward and say, we're never going back. Can you say, I'm never going back? Come on. Be blessed this morning, this afternoon. Thank you for sticking around, worshiping with us, receiving from the word. Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? God bless you guys. Have an amazing week.